Hey everybody, this is That Reminds Me Of, and today we are talking about Cruella, the new Disney film directed by Craig Gillespie. You've got Baron and the Doc here. This is the show where we watch films and we talk about them, but we also talk about the films that they reminded us of. Uh, and it's spoiler heavy, so if you've seen the film already, that's cool. If you haven't, maybe go and watch it first. Okay, so Cruella, uh, directed by Craig Gillespie, but um, probably more so known as being part of the Disney franchise. Yes. Where do we start? No idea where to start, <laughs> except probably we should start before we get into anything with a synopsis, and I believe it's your turn, Doc. Oh, crikey, is it? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Uh, well, Cruella is Disney's attempt at an origin story for the one of history's greatest villains, Cruella de Vil, from 101 Dalmatians. Um, it, rather than focusing on Cruella, it focuses on her alter ego, Estella, uh, who is born with half her hair, black, half white, and that kind of represents the, the split personality, the good and the evil about her. So the good is Estella and the evil is Cruella. Um, Paul, from the start... Uh, Mind she's blowing, right off I the know. Yeah. Uh, she's she's kicked out of school for being a, a naughty girl, um, and that leads to a series of events where eventually her mum is killed. Uh, her mum's the sole parent here, um, and, and her mum's killed by three vicious Dalmatians. Uh, Estella is, is left to fend for herself. She teams up with Horace and Jasper, a couple of uh, vagrants, vagrant kids <laughs> and they they grow up together and live by a you know by crime through their teens and and just grow up together as a little crime family uh jasper clearly has a hots for estella by the way which is a little little bit of a sub theme in the novel correct but it never goes anywhere too romantic does it no it stays very it, disney it's very disney and he oh. hasn't got he hasn't got a shot really does he no shot, but I do feel sorry for him, and he's <laughs> much too. more endearing than the, the original um, Jasper. Totally. Uh, uh, but Estella has grander plans and all that sort of crap. She's got a passion for design. She ultimately cons her way into working for this Baroness, um, who's a fashionista and played by Emma Thompson. Um, when Estella realises that Emma Thompson is the one that actually ordered the dogs on her mum... Uh, her sort of fascination with her turns to her being a nemesis all of a sudden mm -hmm. and Estella becomes Cruella and goes head-to-head -head with Emma Thompson as, you know, who can be the baddest and also who can be the, the biggest fashionista in the town. Uh, and ultimately, uh, Cruella wins, uh, fueled on by the fact that she actually realises that her nemesis in pure Star Wars fashion is actually her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Emma Thompson's her mum, and um, uh, Cruella or Estella wins a day, and we're all set now to watch 101 Dalmatians. Absolutely, and apparently Cruella too, which is in the works already. Ah, wow. Well, as it as it should be, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was a long synopsis. I thought I thought it was a pretty good synopsis. I think it was good. I think you covered most of the points. Um, I clearly though the main. Uh, well, probably the most interesting thing here is mm. her journey from Estella to Cruella. And that's mm. the real thing that makes this whole film work. How did you feel about how did you feel about that? 
I mean, and and also, how did you feel about the fact that there's no hint of a good girl underneath Cruella in 101 Dalmatians, as far as I can remember? It's been a long time since I've seen it. I know you've re-seen it. Mm. Um, and they've, they've gone and mined into this. They've made something of the white half, the good half, and the dark half of her personality, and they've turned a whole film out of it. What do you think? Well, firstly, I, I didn't re-watch 101 Dalmatians. I watched it for the first time. Oh, really? So I'd never seen it. I'd never seen all the Glenn Close nonsense that came after it. <laughs> yeah. um, Did you watch uh, that too? I started watching it and then kind of gave up, not in disgust, but in apathy. Okay. Uh, and uh, so so I'd, I did like 101 Dalmatians very much, might I say. We're talking about um, the Disney cartoon. The, the Disney original cartoon. I was moved by it, dare I say. Oh, wow. Isn't that wow. crazy? Because I'd never seen it. I love it. Uh, and what was the question? It was... Um, How do you feel about the mining into the sort of almost creation mm-hmm. of a backstory that had a good and evil aspect to it? I wasn't sure what I would feel because, like, she, Cruella in the original has no redeeming qualities. And how are we possibly going to find the good in her? And I started the film almost thinking, well, you know, you like, good try, but clearly she's evil, so you're not going to convince me otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but I I liked it. It's obviously in the vein of, I don't want to ruin any things that it reminded you of, but in the vein of the likes of the Joker or Joker mm-hmm. um, uh, in in terms of origin stories of people that we previously hated. Yeah. But I, I, I thought that was ripe. Right to mind. Like she's she's a well known character and an interesting character. Why not get in there? Do you think? Okay, so the Joker is a clear reminds me of for this film. Do you think mm. that this film would exist if not for the Joker? No, probably not. It kind of gave it. Yeah, license, I mean, I don't it? know if it was in the works. I don't know if it was, but the Joker's just done what this film's trying to do so beautifully. Then, then this film comes along. It makes you go, well, of course, the Joker just did it. It makes you wonder, mm. you know, or maybe that's a sign it, of the times. Isn't it more Maleficent or how, how do you say it? Anna Jol- True, Angelina Jolie film. Yeah, there's, you're right. You're right. Because mm. so Disney, Disney have right. form with this sort of stuff. With no, mining. that's a good point. I'd completely forgotten about that one. That is a good point. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, that was going to be one of my. Um, uh, my picks uh, for what it reminded me of, but I just assumed it would come up because it was so obvious. <laughs> yeah, well, true, but Joker was a clear one for me as well. So we've yeah. talked about two that are just, you know, um, right up on the forefront of, of this kind of filmmaking, which is, you know, a fairly new thing, I think. I was actually mm. trying to rack my brains as to, like, how many films I had seen where we come into the film knowing the character's super evil in the end, mm. and then... We go back to the beginning and watch that journey, fully aware of where they're heading. It's pretty. It's kind of a tragedy in a way. This film doesn't go all the way, and neither does Maleficent, hmm. like the Joker does. Um, but still, there aren't too many too many examples out there, are there? No, but it's an example. If you forget about it being the backstory of a villain, it does remind me a bit of just reworkings of of films or novels. Uh, that take other characters that weren't at the centre and bring them to the centre. I think right. I've mentioned before um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead by yes. Tom, Tom Stoppard. So you've got these minor characters and then suddenly they're in the frame 
and Hamlet is is off on the side. That's so true. Yeah. That this reminds me a bit of that, and I think um, we have those. Yeah, you're right. We have those examples in the world. I just think it's striking when you know that when you know of a character as nothing but almost a two dimensional hmm. bad guy, and then you go, let's dig into that. Let's dig into that guy or that lady and go back to the beginning and see how they get there. And it's it's a it's a reminder, of course, that the best villains are the ones that you're kind of rooting for mm. a little bit, <laughs> you know, like the ones that have those little human qualities that you can admire at the same time as watching them do horrible, like horrible things, really. So true. And won't it, I couldn't help but think, how is this going to colour my watching of, you know, when the action plays out of when she is the villain? mm like I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So let's talk about some things that we enjoyed then, because I think we get, we're starting to circle around some of the things that were cool about this. Um, any thoughts? Let's see. Well, um, let's talk about the Emmas. Yes. Uh, Emma, what's her name? Oh. Emma. <laughs> Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Yeah. Sorry, I was I was fixated on Emma Thompson because. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone is is wonderful. I always always like her, um, but Emma Emma Thompson I found so fun to watch in this, and I thought she was reminiscent of the Glenn Close character who plays yep. Cruella. Uh, even even the setup of the the fashion house and how she's up the top level, right? Like, like the 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 set design looks similar to yep. some Glenn Close scenes, uh, but she just was a powerhouse. Did. Did you like Emma Thompson's performance? Well, I, I was going to say things that I think were cool about this film as well. The two Emmas, absolutely. Mm. Um, I thought Emma Stone did an amazing job of the arc of her character, which is the main, mm. really, that's what she's there to do in this film is to sell the move from Estella to Cruella. We have to buy it 100%, and I mm. think she achieves that. Um, I totally agree. Emma Thompson, particularly for the first two acts of the film, is a knockout. Yeah. I have an issue that I'll get into once we move on to things we don't love about the third act with Emma Thompson mm -hmm. and her character, but well, I'll leave that for then. Um, but I agree. Performances, the two Emmas, just sol so solid. Great. C can I call out just a couple of things that I loved about Emma Thompson's yeah, go for it. character? They're, they're not particularly highbrow, but... The, her with the taser and she says i could do that all day <laughs> just yeah. that's so evil and beautiful and the other one is uh like the throwing her lunch out of the window was good but even better was uh when there's a woman that comes in to the party that is perhaps better looking or has better fashion sense than her <laughs> yeah <laughs> this constant joke of, of them being tackled to the ground. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, that got me every single time. And then she throws a chair at someone at some stage. Yeah. And it's just all beautiful visual. And accuses her of being in, in the way. I loved yeah. it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, all of that stuff works so well. And and she does it. She transforms as well. Like uh, I was, if you think about the Emma Thompson roles, you know, there's Nanny McPhee. There mm. was her as the crazy lady in... Um, one of the, the professors in Harry Potter. Uh, there's this, um, and then you've seen her in all of her kind of more normal kind of roles mm. as well. But the the transformations are incredible. You know, she um, 
she's almost unrecognizable in this film when you first see her. I feel like both of these women are just intelligent, uh, thinking people. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I'm complete. Maybe they're just good actors, but it just feels as though they, they've got some some weight behind them and some something behind the eyes. I agree, and I think they both had lots to grab onto with these characters, which gave mm. those them as thinking people some real sort of grit to hold on to. Uh, which yeah. brings me to another thing that I thought was cool. Um, writing, directing, uh, we have serious drama director Craig Gillespie, who's done I, Tonya, Lars and the Real Girl, plus others. We've got serious writers, Tony McNamara, who did The Great and The Favourite, Dana Fox, mm. um, who's on the TV, great name, by the way, Dana Scully and Fox Mulder put together. Dana Fox, that's <laughs> probably not what her parents were thinking, but it's cool. Um, and what you end up with is a Disney film that that actually has some pretty great, you know, writing and directing behind it. Mm. And, and you end up with a dark story. It's quite a dark adult story in a lot of ways, um, wrapped in a sort of Disney package. Which is great. I thought it was fun. Really fun to watch. It was fun to watch, wasn't it? it? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't put it in my top 10 films of all time, but I just enjoyed it all through. Some of the, some of the, the, the real um, set pieces, like when, when Cruella turns up and shows up Emma Thompson a few times. Yes. What were they? There's in the garbage truck. There's yes. there's locking her in the car. Yeah. There's the um, putting moths, embedding moths into the, <laughs> uh, into the into the dress, and then putting it in the safe so it opens up and the moths have eaten everything. Yeah. They they're, they're all quite ingenious just from a writing perspective. I agree. I agree. Um, it was really imaginative and fun. Yeah. Uh, and and the other thing you get with this is something that would go right over kids' heads. I mm. imagine is the whole London punk rock movement mm. that sort of is sort of punk versus the establishment. Um, and you've got that playing out with Emma, with Cruella pushing back against the Baroness, who is the player in town, the establishment. And mm. they use they use punk rock theme, a theme and, and uh, lots of music and art and uh, all of that sort of style to kind of highlight that. I thought it was such a clever choice. And it kind of informs who Cruella becomes later. Mm. Like she's got this this great kind of edgy, full black and white silhouette with her crazy um, DeVille car. And like, it's, it's it's great. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and don't forget, forget the, the fashion sort of sub subtext. Oh, I'm yeah. sure people that are into fashion could um you know write theses on that i know my wife wendy you know was watching it for the fashion and, and commenting on the punkiness of it being yeah. you know, vivian westwood for example so i'm i'm sure there's all of these references that Absolutely. blokes like us are not even picking up on but that no. are quite no, important i just thought it was great i just thought it was cool yeah. I, had, I, I had very little depth to that other than ah oh, it's punk i can see that much yeah <laughs> Also, while we're talking about cast, a quick shout out to Jamie Dimitriou. I don't know if that's right. Hmm. The store manager, the one who hires Cruella, <laughs> uh, Estella first when she's doing the cleaning job. That yeah. guy. He's a He was hilarious. His face is it's the most expressive face I've seen 
ever, I think, after Mr. Bean. Like, yeah. you know, like he just, it, it was ridiculous, over the top, but also pitch perfect and, and really funny. I, and that I, that, that, that was, was Liber- Liberty's, wasn't it? Is that the name of the store? Yeah, I think so. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Liberty store where it all happened. Uh, me and my wife went there years years ago, and I, I spent more time than I'd like to care to think <laughs> walking around the um, ra- around the store, and it was completely recognisable. So either they're just using it like they did today, or uh, it hasn't changed in you know fifty years. <laughs> I reckon it hasn't changed. That seems to be the whole point. Mm. We've talked about a few things like um, some of the other characters and that I'm just going to throw in an early reminds me. Actually, you've already thrown in a couple, but um, I was really reminded of that old school Disney style mm. while I was watching this. Um, and 101 Dalmatians is is in that style. It's the old animation style where the mm. characters are actually really quite over the top. And I thought they did an amazing job of taking real life, live action, and people, real people, and making them feel like those Disney animated characters and yet giving them so much more depth. Yeah, that's beautifully said because I felt exactly the same. And and my next point was going to be something uh, similar. What I liked about it was not necessarily, I wasn't going to mention how it felt like that all through. I, I just... I was touched by the very specific nods to the original 101 Dalmatians, and there were two in particular. One was, uh, do you remember when there's just a moment where they cut to an owner and a dog and they look the same? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. That's great. That is taken absolutely exactly from a frame in, in the original animation, and the casting of the dog and the person, I don't know if it's CGI, <laughs> but were perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. It just, it, it really, it gave you all the emotion of, be, of being in the original story. Oh, I love it. I love and, it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the other one. one, the other one was, um, was the ending. Uh, now, I'll gloss over the, the ending of, the, of this story because I, I didn't really buy into the whole parachute scene into the fake CGI water. No. That was pretty crappy. Uh, but straight a- after that, we get the the end-end scene, um, which is setting up the next film. And I thought the tone of that precisely reminded me of the original film. You have all the, the tops of the buildings um, in London. You've got uh, the original bloke, the original owner, I've forgotten his name, playing the Cruella de Vil mm-hmm. song. Yeah. And that just gave me a nice feeling to end up with it. It showed that they were not trying to run away from the original. They were trying to sort of capture yeah. it. Yeah. They had it totally in mind the whole mm. way through, which is really clear. And and it's just such strong, tight writing. The whole mm. thing felt so tight. That's, I, that's, I think, one of the things I was really impressed with is that the story, they felt like they had a real like handle on it, the whole thing. And there's a lot to get right here. So it was yeah. quite impressive. Um, anything that you, that you didn't love? Let's move on to some things we didn't love and wind in some reminds me's if you have any. I've got a couple of reminds me's, but I, I'm going to find them hard to wind in. But I'll, I'll give you one. I'm not going to say that I didn't like it because there wasn't much that I didn't like really. Yeah. But the the thing that you know made me pause to contemplate was the music throughout Ooh. the film. Interesting. Yeah. Go on. Uh, 
and it's the opposite of of not liking it. Like the sound, the soundtrack, like the 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 music that they they chose was amazing. It was amazing. Like yeah. there was the Doors, the Zombies, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin. All the <laughs> way through, you found yourself kind of like getting excited every time. A, yeah, a new track all my kicked e- in. all my era. Um, <laughs> so I love that. But but um, yeah. Wendy actually said that it it feels like cheating. Mm. You know, because these were just it's like Disney showing off that they got the money to pay for all these songs and they just chuck them in there. And it's true. There was no real. It probably. Um, overpowered the score which i didn't really notice no um and while i loved these songs i just i felt like disney was showing off um and and it just dis- distracted me from the actual film just a tad these were like the top tunes of the era yeah mm. totally and I, you know what they had the budget for it if you're the if you're mm. the director and you're making this films that that's this film that's the playlist you have while you're researching it mm-hmm. i would be like hey can i have all of these Disney would be like, sure, here they all are. <laughs> and <laughs> you're going to take them, the aren't you? You're going to take them and put them in. Yeah. Because yeah, totally. everyone gives you a gives you a warm feeling inside as, as the oh, audience. It does. But you're right. It's, it is overwhelming. Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's a good point. I have a very specific thing that I don't like about it. The, mm. But like you, there's not very much that I didn't actually enjoy about this film. I thought it was really fun to watch. The one thing I didn't like is that Emma Thompson's character in the end becomes mm. very two-dimensional. In fact, she is basically Cruella that we know mm. that doesn't have that other that light side, that good side, the let's understand where this person's coming from. We understand that she's driven and you get that in the first two acts of the film and you kind of super respect it. Mm. But then you never it never goes anywhere. There's no light to it. And instead, she becomes the predictable evil person who's going to push Cruella off the cliff yeah. and always just be in it for herself, no matter what. And that I feel like that let down the film a little bit. And it let down Emma Thompson's character because I think she ran out of some material. Like, it just got stopped being a little surprising by the end. Although I reckon the the shade in... Emma Thompson's character was there not so much to to make her character come to life, but to bring out some conflicted emotions in Cruella Estella. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as a narrative device at the end, she just had to become more and more two-dimensionally evil mm. in order to warrant her demise. Yeah. So I, it- I agree with you, but I, I would just back it up in saying it's, it's, a, it's meant... It, it almost takes us back to simpler storytelling, one-dimensional st- storytelling at the end. That's true. And maybe, you know, for the journey of Cruella, we needed her to be kind of evil in the end. Mm, um, more evil than her. More evil, correct. That brings up or reminds me of for me. So it's an obvious one. The Devil Wears Prada. It's clear. Uh, however, the reason I, I kept thinking about it was that... Meryl Streep is such a a brilliant baroness Mm. and yet there's some light to that character. And in the end of that film, you respect that character so much just for the, for just how much she's fought basically to get to where she's at. Uh, And you don't quite get, you get some of that, 
but you don't quite get all of that from the Baroness. Well, uh, speaking of peers, I'll, I'll throw a, a, that reminds me in. Yeah. Um, this is on a, a number of levels, Black Swan mm. by Darren okay. Aronofsky. Uh, so you've got several points of, um, of similarity, one being you've got the two uh, nemeses, um, yes. Natalie Portman's character and Mila Kunis's character um, with a complicated relationship, you know, friends, not friends, enemies type of, type of thing. You've also got the visually the the focus on costume and not so much fashion but like it's a very visual fashiony type feel yeah that that film not that i liked it that much actually black swan was one of the ones i like least of aronofsky's stuff oh really interesting that's a yeah. that's a bigger discussion i'd love to hear that story one day i think it comes back to vincent cassell okay yeah i didn't like his performance anyway yeah, cool. i digress um and and also probably the main thing with Black Swan is the the split personality kind of uh, vibe of it. I think you know the underpinning Cruella is mm. this woman who is who has two sides and and snaps and her her evil side takes over and that's that's uh, uh, a bit I can't even remember exactly Natalie Portman's journey but there's a yeah. lot of that good and evil. There's a real moment where she switches as well. Yes, yeah. yeah, and that's a real turning point, and you get that in this film, big time. Yep, and it's a it's a color switch too. It's a it's a black mm. white sort of um, black swan white swan. Absolutely, and the whole moment. mood of the film changes with it. Do you have any other reminds? I have a bonus one. It's a mm. bit left field, and I've, I have mentioned it before, so um, I won't go on it for too long. But I actually thought a bit about Braveheart while I was watching this. Braveheart, oh I know. So goodness right. gracious, is that just the face paint? <laughs> no, 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 no. Imagine, yeah, it's the face paint. I just thought yeah, of Braveheart. Okay, you... no, that, no, that's good. It was the kilt. In Braveheart, you've got this revenge film where you have this Scot who basically loses everything and is out against the establishment. He's out against the Brits who are in charge and he builds a following. And um, there's some parallels where he has the most loved person in his life kind of murdered in front of him, which then kicks him off onto this journey. Uh, and I just kept thinking about, like, how great revenge films are <laughs> and that we're watching a Disney film that's kind of reminding me a little bit of Braveheart somehow. Yeah, credit to Disney on that. Like, the yeah. the reminding of Braveheart, the fact that she gets smashed you know, early on and, you know, rips up the the, the dresses. Like, the, she does some stuff that is not Disney. Absolutely. And that's what's yeah. great about it. And you can still watch it with your with your kids. So, I, I watched this with my 6 and 10-year-old and they loved it. They did. Um, my 6-year-old okay. thought it was a bit scary at a couple points because it is actually pretty confronting and violent. Mm. Um, however... You know, we all watched together and had a and had a really good time, and there was something in it for the adults, hundred percent. Mm. Something in it for the kids. The dogs were scary. The the Dalmatians. Wow, they were. And when have you ever seen a scary Dalmatian? That was a real strange flip on the whole thing. Did you expect to see a scary Dal? Did you expect them to be the the villains? No, you know, no. Um, this this would it's going to change our whole viewing of the next bit if they play true to the storyline. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't know where that's going. That's a mm. question mark for me. Because she's walking around at the end of the film with the three Dalmatians. And yeah. the, the Cruella we know 
Skins uh, Skins is after Dalmatian puppies to make a, to make a coat. So mm. they've got some work to do to get from where we are at the end of this film to that Cruella. And and Cruella's actually given the the Dalmatian puppies to the two protagonists in the next film at the end of it. So yes. Anyway, that's odd. Let's let's reserve our judgment till we see the next one. True. Also, this is a Cruella at the end of this film that's too young to lead straight into 101 Dalmatians. Uh, so Cruella 2 must take us some years into the future. Okay. Yeah, so 101 Dalmatians is kind of like episode 4. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. That's right. Okay, cool. That makes sense. In fact, that brings us back to the Star Wars theme that you brought it up does, earlier. It does, this, we've just yeah. gone to episode 1. This is the Phantom Menace. <laughs> this was the Phantom Menace exactly. <laughs> Uh, but you don't uh, you don't know that Vader's his father in in episode one, do you? That's true. They gave away too much too early here. That's where, <laughs> what. What do you do? Um, all right. Well, that's all I've got, Doc. What, any last thoughts from you? Uh, just a, just a bonus one, which is almost too silly to to mention, and I've, I'm still trying to work out what it is that reminds me of it specifically. But have you seen the original Annie film? Yes, I have. Yes. So. Something about the fact that it's Orphan Annie at the start and Annie's a naughty little girl but also <laughs> lovable. Yeah, totally. um, She adopts a dog called Sandy. Yeah. Um, uh, so that – and she's also ultimately um, makes it rich with Daddy Warbucks. That's right. And is adopted into a, you know, a wealthy lifestyle. So all of those plot points match, uh, but it's probably more so – uh, Miss Hannigan. Do you recall Miss Hannigan, the kind of like the evil orphan orphanage yes. mistress? Yeah. Uh, I remember as a kid, I found her to be just terrifying. Um, she was <laughs> yeah. she was the villain of that film, yeah. and she was almost the stereotypical female antihero to me. And I just think a, a lot of that character plays into you know Cruella and different versions of Cruella too, but. Um, yeah, this one totally. as well. Opposite of what you what you think a, a motherly woman should be, like that mother figure, she, you know, just the complete opposite, not caring in any way. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's right. And and, that is, and and as a child, that probably is quite terrifying. It's striking because you've got your parents who you look up to um, as basically being your everything, and then there's mm. this picture of a woman who just does not care at all for the children. In fact, all she's using them for is money. Yep. And, and there's something about the, the underlying tone that just reminded me of it, and I think it might be something to do with, you know, this is a Annie's essentially a kid's film, but yeah. you've got Miss Hannigan. She's always drunk. Like, if you're an adult, you can tell she's smashed all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so there's, there's adult stuff going on. Uh, and can I throw in a... A sub remind me of to oh, that. Oh, go for it. Please do. Uh, Annie and Cruella remind me of Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm getting very Inception here. I can see here. that. Yes. But um, Great Expectations is, again, the story of an orphan who, uh, you know, has makes it, makes it rich um, through, you know, in, inheritance of some sort. Um, Great Expectations also has Miss Havisham, yes, who is one of the earliest, you know, female 
she's a baroness through and through, isn't she? And Correct. She's, she's one of the a- earliest. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and as well as that, you've got the the female love interest of Great Expectations. Expectations is Estella. Mm. So I just feel that there's got to be some play in in Cruella in the in the choice of of the name Estella, um, somehow referencing Great Expectations and and flipping it in a 2021 way. That's a great call. I think you I think you might be onto something there, Doc. Yeah, awesome. That's There's all depth. I got. There, and there is a lot of depth in this film. You get that. It it shows through. Well, I, I, I loved it. I didn't think I would. I was looking forward to seeing Emma Stone. I thought she'd be cool, but I thought it'd be a bit... Honestly, could have gone anywhere. It could have been really silly. It just, you know, I wasn't expecting the, the depth that we found in this film. And, and it was fun. It was good fun. Okay. Well, let's call it. We loved all it. All right. And see you next time. Cheers, Doc. See you next time. <laughs>